break, so that's good for them. The rest of you can take your Bibles to Numbers. We'll be in Numbers chapter 16 for just a few minutes. couple of things I'd like to share with you that um, mean a lot to me. Um, several years ago, I guess I'd have to go back and give thought to how long ago, but uh, uh, several years ago I was, I was given this when I became the uh, uh, chaplain at the Brush Police Department. And uh, for those of you who are with the Brush Police Department, I apologize. I haven't been too good here lately, haven't been around there too much, but uh, you guys are in my prayers, and, and uh, I, I do not take it lightly in, in being a chaplain, and, and uh, it has helped me to uh, see a whole different side of uh, things in life, and uh, I just want you guys to know that on a personal level, I, I respect you, love you, and, uh, uh, and am here to help, and not just the Brush Police Department, uh, any of you first responders, if you... Uh, you just need a friend to talk to. Uh, there are no strings attached. There, there are no expectations that you have to be a member of Platte Valley Baptist Church. If you, you need someone to talk to, you can call me. And I would, uh, in my power, do anything I can to help you. There are too many of our first responders that are walking away. They are um, burying their issues, whether it be in drugs or alcohol or bouncing from relationship to relationship. Or, um, and sad to say, many are taking their own lives. And uh, you just don't need to do that. And there are people that truly do care, do not believe the lies that the devil is trying to tell you that you are alone and then nobody cares. There are people that care, and there's a Savior that cares, and I, I want you to know that, and, and I will do all that I can uh, to help. And I also uh, ha have been given a couple of these through the years, and uh, guys, I appreciate that, and uh, it means a lot to me, and I keep them on my desk, and reminds me to pray for our first responders. And I would... Uh, give you a challenge that every time that you uh, uh, hear the siren go off or you're passed by a law enforcement or ambulance and as you pull over there instead of just thinking about getting pulled over and and uh, getting delayed a little bit take that moment and pray uh, for that first responder whatever it is that they are preparing to go see and that they would have wisdom in knowing what to do and uh, that they would uh, know how to go about their business and pray for their safety uh, in all situations. And, and I just wanted to tell you guys that I do appreciate all of you <clears throat> and, uh, as first responders. And you have a friend here, and we'll do anything we can to help you. And I hope that you can see that in the giving of our people to uh, giving of themselves to uh, be here and to be a blessing to you, and I pray that you can see that. So 
Uh, I want to take a few moments, though. What kind of preacher would I be if I had a crowd like this and didn't preach? Uh, sorry. That's why I made the gifts at the last, all right? So all of a sudden, everybody would get a call out, and we'd all be gone, right? So uh, we don't want to know. But <clears throat> I was giving thought to this, have been giving thought to this for a long time, and have been looking forward to this, and, and uh you guys are an answer to prayer. And guys, I say that in generalities. Ladies, don't get mad at me, okay? It's just guys, all right? And so it's kind of like in the South, I'd say y'all. And so, um, but uh, you're, you're a blessing, and, and it's truly a, an answer to prayer to see you here. And, and so I've been praying and asking the Lord to give me wisdom and what to preach and, and just for a few moments to encourage and to help. And, and I, I came to a number of verses, but... First of all, in Psalm 139, verses four, verse 14, it says, I will praise thee. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Jeremiah wrote in chapter 1 and verse 5, he said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before, the, before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. You know, the thing that, that all of us needs to understand, and whether you're a guest or whether you're someone that has been attending here, is that we need to understand that God has created all of us. And it was by his hands that we have been created, and, and he has a perfect plan and a perfect will for all of us. And he has called some out with a special desire to take us one direction or another direction in our lives. But yet, you know what you find? You find that 90% of God's will is the same for every one of us. And so it's just the other 10% that makes us different in the things that we do and, and, and who we are. And, but it's the marvelous works of God that he has made us uh, who we are, the personalities that we have, the, the, the build that we have. And, and uh, other than, than God, the only thing that's helped my build is donuts. And so I'm the example of a body by donuts. And that's why I make a great chaplain. I love donuts. I mean, it's uh, whether the police officers do or not, I'll eat them and be very happy. And so I love that. And, and if I was a police officer, I would love that and know that and if I could find a donut shop that would give me free donuts, I'd be in all kinds of trouble. So, but God has created us, and don't take that, don't get offended. I, I know we're in, a, in an offensive kind of uh, 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 culture today, but uh, I know you guys are tougher than that. So that's why I picked on the police officers and not the firefighters. None of the firefighters are smiling very big. <clears throat> you know what's interesting in that 10% that of God's will that he makes us different, there's a small group of those that, that he's given a, a different calling in their life. And I titled the message, Shepherds and Sheepdogs. And uh, there are a group of people that, just have a, an innate nature that there's something about their calling, something about them that they want to help people. And God's given you that. 
And so it might have been given to you because of situations that's gone on in your life or whatever, or maybe not. Maybe it's just an example that you've uh, been given by others. Maybe it's just a servant's heart that you have, and, and you just want to make a difference in our community and in the culture, and, and God has laid that on your heart, and, and it's just a different group, and it is something that is a calling that you, you really don't understand unless you've had that kind of a calling, and, and that would bring you to a point where you would go running to the disaster rather than running away from it no matter what it may be, and, and it's a calling that cannot be denied, and, and it's something that gives you an unrest if you're not able to be in that position. And, and I want you to know that, that God is the one that places that in your heart. And so I commend you for doing what it is that you are called to do, and, and in this society today, you do much of that without much appreciation being shown whether it be in pathetic salaries or whether it be in, in the, the, the community organizers that uh, want to, to uh, uh, just keep the uh, uh, society in turmoil or the, the, the press, the, the number one thing that you can do in your lives today, whether you're a believer and, or whether you're a first responder or whatever, you want peace in your life, turn off the news. Just get rid of it and... There, there's, uh, it's just a waste of our time anymore. And so, but here we need to understand that it's a calling that God has given you. And so I want to give you a couple examples of first responders in the Bible. In Numbers chapter 16, we see Moses and Aaron were first responders. And guys, I know some of you got coats on, but mine is out of here. I, I, don't, I don't have my gun on. It's in my pulpit, so I don't have to worry about Uh, you guys wouldn't have a clue what's in here. <laughs> it is loaded, and if you fall asleep, I'm a dead eye almost to the back. So, uh, told you you guys wouldn't know what you're getting into today. Number 16, we see that there had been an uprising. There had been a riot take place. And these people were mad at Moses, and they, they thought Moses ought to step down and that they ought to take over, and they wanted to be in the driver's seat, and they wanted to rule the country, and Moses wasn't doing it the way that they ought to do it. And, and, and uh, we know that in the story, Moses... Uh, came to God, and, and he said, hey, this is what's going on, Lord, and, and you know that I haven't taken anything from them, and, and I'm not the one that went looking for this. We know that that, uh, that isn't the situation, and, and, and it's not the man that looks for the, the, the uh, what would you say, the, the, the disaster. It's the disaster that chooses the man, and the one that is wanting to go there, and seek the limelight, then those are the ones you want to be aware of. But in this situation, Moses wasn't looking to be the leader of Israel, and he was just doing what God called him to do. And so he did that, and, and these people were slandering him, and they were getting people mad at him. And, 
and, and rioting against him and much of what we see today. Look, the, the devil's ploys have always been the same. Why would he change them when they've been so uh, 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 useful and, and so productive in the past? And so his ploys are still the same today. And, and so they had come to a point where God said, Moses, you need to sit down. I'll take care of this. And he opened up the ground and he swallowed the entire group that had stood up against Moses and the ground went back together and there was nothing left of those people. You need to understand that God's judgment will come one day and it will be swift and it will be holy and it will be righteous. And he knows the heart of every one of us today. Understand and know that. And so uh, leave those things in God's hands and you do what it is that you need to do. And, and so anyway, we thought the story was over and Moses and Aaron could take a little breath. And, and then they wake up the next day and now the rest of the country is all mad because these people had been killed. The audacity. They had just watched them be supernaturally swallowed and gulped into the ground. And then the ground come back over and cover them up and kill all of them. And instead of being repentant and sorry and saying... Moses, we, we want to follow God and we'll follow your leadership because we know that, that you are God's man and so we're going to follow you. Instead of that, they get up the next morning and they're ticked off. Is that not human nature today? I mean, we deal with that. You, you deal with that as first responders. You deal with that as believers. You deal with that so often in our lives that that we need to pay attention and, and understand that we're not in this to please people. We're in this to serve God. We serve God and we look for the applause of one. Well, God says, this is what he said in verse 44, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. See, that's the heart of a, sheep, a shepherd or a sheepdog. God said, you know what? I'm done with these people too, Moses. I'm just going to wipe them out, and I'll start over with you and your family. We'll just do it this way. And Moses, what many of us would be like, yes! yeah, Wipe them all out. Start with that one. You know? <laughs> but that's not the case, is it? That isn't what happened. It tells us that the heart of this shepherd, he loved the people, and God does too. God's also righteous and just, but we see here that they fell on their faces. They worshiped God. They knew who was the one that had life and death in his hands, and they fell on their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense and Go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun, and, and the, the incense represented prayers and represented a, 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 a nice odor to the Lord, and, and that nice odor was the obedience of those who were faithful and, and the odor of prayers from a righteous man that was uh, uh, proceeding into the ears of, the, of God and, 
and he would hear those. And, and so he's taking that censer, and, and I guarantee you as he's running through the congregation that he is praying, and, and they're asking God to, to stop this and stay this plague that, that is happening. And, and, and so they, they're praying as they go, and, and, and they're seeking atonement as they go, making an atonement for them. And Aaron and took, as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation and behold, the plague was begun among the people, and he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. I mean, here, here it is. I mean, how, how much better can it be than reading this than what we've, we've been through in the last two years? And, and I think it's amazing that here they were in the midst of a plague, and, and instead of hiding under their couch or, or, or hiding away in their home somewhere, they're running out to make a difference and to stop and to stay the plague. That is what our first responders did. They go out and they, they run to the danger, whether it be a fire or grass fire or home fire or, or, or the EMT who's dealing with the car accident or the, the heart attack or, or the police officer that's running to a, a domestic violence and trying to save the family from what, what you know evil is going to come or, or trying to stop that one who is innocently being taken over and, and robbed or whatever and, and all of those, you know, whatever it may be, whatever the situation may be, they're, they're running to save and to help because it's in who they are, it's in their calling to do that. And they went among the people and he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed. They stood and did what it is that they needed to do. And so we see and we commend them and we thank those that stay and are making our community safe, that are there to help and to uh, uh, be there when, when we need them and, and uh, truly are so thankful. I'll never forget uh, when, when Thane was just a little baby and, and we had not been here but a couple of months and we lived just right up the road here and it used to be the church property and had a little double wide we lived in and 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 uh, Thane was just a baby and he had a high fever and had a had a seizure. New parents, you know, our second kid, but man, Tyler, he could, you know, he could eat raw hamburger and never got sick, you know. But Thane had that seizure and you guys know that you you're a parent and you see your child go through something like that and they call 911 and I mean, the, the, the Morgan County Sheriff's deputy, who I, I don't, even, don't even know who it was. This was 25 years ago now. But he, he was there within a minute and a half. Must have been coming by, whips in there, and helps Thane with his seizure. And then the ambulance comes. And, and uh, you guys know how appreciative we are when that happens. So thankful for those that want to come. And this group here, they knew that they were in trouble. And... And so they ran, and they ran into the danger right in the midst of the plague where they knew that they could die too. And they stood among the dead and the living. And so we see the, the process, and we see this calling, but can I give you some reminders for all of you who are first responders today from the story that we see? First of all, it says in verse 49, now they that died in the plague were 14,700. 
you cannot save everyone. You need to understand that. You cannot live with the guilt of those that you could not save. You cannot live with the what ifs and thinking that if you could have done this, I, I, I tell you, I am, I'm going to get a little political, okay? But I am so tired, I am so sick and tired of the press, for one, who stirs up the hatred towards our law enforcement. You have all of these politicians who will not even say anything until they have had their group of people give them their little things of what they can say, and, and then if they will stay on script, then they will get their pudding afterwards. And so you're going to say what you need to say, and that's all you're going to say, and, and you're not going to make any quick decisions, and you're definitely not going to go off script, because when you go off script, you may say something that you are going to regret. Well, our first responders, you do not have that, you, you don't have that luxury. You go into a situation, and you've got some nutbag that has gone in and is killing all of these innocent people, and, and you're trying to figure out, and you're trying to, to, to get a, a plan up, and, and yes, it does take a little bit of time to do that. And, and you understand, you go in like some lone wolf McQuaid, and you're probably going to get shot. And it's either going to be shot by the bad guy, or it's going to be shot by one of the good guys, because they don't know you're a good guy. And so there you go, and you get the plan, and then you go in, and you take care of the issue. And there are times, in our, in, even in our own community, where you guys have had to make a decision, and, and you've come to a car wreck, and you, and you look at the people that are there, and you decide which one is it that you're going to help, and, and you try to help that one, and, and then you think, well, maybe I should have gone to the other one, and, and that one wouldn't have died, and this one maybe would have lived, or, or you, you beat yourself up in whatever the situation may be, and, and you can Monday morning quarterback yourself all day long and send yourself into a pit of misery, and you just need to be a leader, make a decision, do what you need to do, and live with it. And all you need to do is look for the applause of one. You do to the best of your ability, and if you are a believer, you are praying as you're going to that call, and asking God to give you a sound mind in making that decision, and you make the decision based upon your training, you make the decision based on God's leading in your life, and you leave it there. I'm so tired of the politicians who, who want to be able to Monday morning quarterback everybody in what they do. I do that. You know, sometimes I sit down on Monday morning and think, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you know what, though? I'll apologize if I'm really wrong in it. But you need to understand that 14,700 people died. You can't save them all. And God is sovereign and you are not. And you trust in God's power and you trust in God's leading and you look to God for help. Do you hear that? You look to God for help. Because I can tell you, 25 years of ministry, working with law enforcement, working with people in life, okay? You want to walk around and you want to blame yourself and you want to live in that grief, and you want to live in, in those what-ifs all of your life, then here's what's going to happen. You're either going to go to God, and you're going to seek forgiveness, and you're going to, 
to, to lay the burden on him and let him take that and, and you're going to move on and yes, it may change you and probably will change you and, and, and the next decision you make is going to have a, have a broader scope in your decision making because of your experiences that you have, but you will be able to go on because the burden is gone or you're going to search elsewhere. And oh, the world is happy to give you all kinds of answers. It'll give you pills. It'll give you the alcohol that you can use to numb what's going on in your life. And as it's numbing this issue, it just caused a hundred more issues in your life. How many of you, I'm just speaking pretty personal here, but how many of you have seen good things come from the use of alcohol. In the calls that you have had to make, how many have been caused by drugs or alcohol? It's just not a place to go. And it will never give you what it is that you are wanting. And there are other things that, that you may look to and it's never going to answer and give you the, give you the burden release that you need. And you need to understand that bad things happen in a cursed world. And it is a cursed world. I mean, good lands. We have, we have a country that's killed close to 70 million babies. For what reason? Convenience and money. A sad day. Truly a sad day. We live in a cursed world. So bad things are going to happen. I know that. Bad things have happened in my life. Most of them have been self-induced. <laughs> but there's bad things that happen. And, and it's, not a, it, it's not the place that I want to live for forever. And I'm not. I'm not going to live here forever. I have another destination, and I've made certain of my destination by placing my faith in the one that will take me there, my Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's the one that you need to trust in, too. You need to give that to him. Quickly. I said I was going to be quick. I, I don't know what happens with that stupid clock. I think, I think the usher over there turns that knob. 1 Samuel 17, we see another, uh, another idea of a first responder. And tells us here, it's David and Goliath. I don't have to tell you much of that story. Most of you know King David, young man. What was he? He was a shepherd. Took care of his sheep. His dad told him, he said, hey, leave the sheep with the other helpers. I want you to go, and, and, and I, want you to, uh, I, I, I want you to go and check on your brothers who are uh, raying for battle, and they're going to fight the Philistines, and check on them and take some cheese with you and, and some milk and, and make sure they're nourished and ready for battle. And, and uh, that's why we gave you guys a bang, all right? We can't give you milk. It'd probably spoil, so we gave you a bang. That's just as close as milk, isn't it? So go drink your bang. If you don't want it, give it to your kid. <laughs> oh, so David goes, and what does he find? He finds this man who's blaspheming the name of God, and he's mocking the, the, the entire nation of Israel, and, and he's mocking the soldiers, and he's mocking his own family. David goes, what's the deal? Why, why are we letting this guy mouth off like he is? And why are we allowing him to do this? And his brothers said, you know, David, you need to shut up, all right? 
we're having our own inner battles here, and, and we're just a little bit scared of this guy who's over nine feet tall. And, and yeah, he, I mean, he's killed people for a living, okay? And so what does he do? Well, he defends his nation. He defends his king. He defends his family. He defends his God. He doesn't give thought to it. He just goes to the king and says, hey, I'll do this. I'll fight him. I, 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 I have God on my side. It'll be okay. Whatever comes, comes, and, and it's going to be all right, and I'm, I'm, I'm just fighting for the glory of God. If he wants me to die, then I'll die, but I don't, he's, I'm not going to die. I, I have this slingshot here, and, and, and I already killed a bear, and I already killed the lion, and, and I can handle a Goliath. Honestly, I'd rather face a guy than a, a lion or a bear. I haven't had too many people ever scare me, but I've had animals scare me. And here he said, I'm not afraid of this guy. I'll take him out. Okay, go right ahead, young man. And what does he do? Not only does he step out there, but he runs at him. He doesn't slow down. He's just running at him, and, and, this, and this is what he said. Then said David to the Philistine, verse 45, Thou comest to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistines. Not only did he run at the Philistine, the one, he ran at the entire army all by himself, and all he had in his hand was a slingshot and the Almighty God walking with him. Look, that's the heart of a shepherd, the heart of a sheepdog. So remember the victories that God gives you. Remember how God has given you those victories. Trust God to remind you of your training that you will go through. Every one of you who are first responders, I guarantee, I know, you go through training. And you go through more training. And you go through more training. One of the most awesome experiences I had was when the SWAT team came in and trained in here, and I was the bad guy. I have plans, if they ever want to do it again, I got plans on I'm going to be a better bad guy next time. First of all, I'm going to simunition. They, all they give me is a one puny little pistol. Look, if I'm a bad guy, I'm not coming with one. That was an awesome experience. It hurt like the Dickens. They didn't tell me I should wear a lot of clothes. All I had on was a T-shirt. It hurt. I did, they, did, they were nice enough to give me a helmet that fogs up. <laughs> I will be prepared next time. I wonder if they make grenades and simunition. I'm going to be looking. <laughs> but just rem remember the training that God gives you. 
And as you are, sometimes I know you don't have the opportunity to, to look, anytime you make a stop, be praying, Lord, give me wisdom in this stop. Let me be wise in how I approach. If the hair is going up on your back of your neck and the Holy Spirit is speaking in your, screaming in your ear that you need to be careful, back off. Back off until you have help. If you come to a call and, and, and it's a car wreck or a, a fire or whatever and, and you need to know whether you need to go through this door or not to go through the door or do you need to go to a certain room first to, to there, where there's help, be praying and asking God to give you direction and, and you come to a wreck and you have people strewn all over the place and ask God to give you wisdom and who it is that you go to first. He can guide you. He can direct you and you just do it and, and you do what your training does and you do everything you can and you leave it all on the table and you, and you don't look back. And you don't give any thoughts to it. You just do everything that you possibly can and you leave it there. And God will guide you and he'll give you a sound mind and he'll give you wisdom that only God can give and sometimes it's all right to ask God to give you courage John Wayne always said his definition of courage was that you're scared to death and you saddle up anyway I love that you know there are times even as a pastor that you do that I mean, there's some hard calls that you guys have to make sometime. You have to go and tell a family that their loved one has gone into eternity. Can I tell you something, too? You don't have to do that alone. If you're in the area and you need help, call me. Call me. I will help you. Now, don't just pawn it all off onto me now all of a sudden. We have Chaz to do something with that, too. But I'll help. I understand where you're at. I'll never get out of my mind a young 10-year-old boy weeping over his dad who was dead from an overdose. And this 10-year-old boy grieving and weeping and blaming himself that he didn't take the pills away from his dad. That 10-year-old should never have to deal with that. And so there are lessons and we need to understand that good things happen to, or bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. And bad things happen to good people. But God is the one that we look to. And what are our motives? Well, I don't have time for these, but protection. We, we uh, protect our community. We protect our families. I love what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem. They had been taken captive, and they'd lost their identity as a country. And, and finally, uh, the, the King Cyrus had allowed them to come back into their country and rebuild the temple. And, and they had rebuilt. They were working on rebuilding the temple and establishing Jewish worship again. And, and Nehemiah came because he said, we need to build the wall around the city because it's not safe, and we need to get that wall built soon. And so he comes in, and and he comes in with a group, and he gets these people encouraged and, and sees what they need to do. And so they work on building the wall, and they rebuild the wall in 52 days, I think it is. And there was a time where the rest of the world hated them and were coming up against them. And, and he told them, he said, don't be afraid. Take courage from God and, 
and know that, that He's with us and you will stand and you will fight for your family. You'll fight for your wives. You'll fight for your husband. You'll fight for your children. You'll fight for your nation. You will fight for your God. And He will take care of you. Oh, we do this because we want to protect our families. We want to help our families and we want to help our community. Make it a safe place. Mark chapter 1, I want to focus on these two and then I'll be, I, I'll be done. Mark chapter 1, we also want to help the hurting. Mark 1, 33, and all the city was gathered together at the door. And he, Jesus, healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed, help the hurting. And you know what? Sometimes it's okay to find a quiet place and get alone with God and ask him to help with the memories that you have, help with the guilt that you have, and cast it all onto him where it belongs. Give it all to him. And then... Another thing that drives the first responders is that they, they want to save the dying. Luke 23, we see a first responder who did just that. When they were come to the place, verse 33, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment. And cast lots. You know what else he tells us? Over in John chapter 17, Jesus made this statement. I read it this morning, and Jesus was praying as he was preparing to go to the cross, and he said, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. You know, I told you at the beginning, you can't save everyone. Look, we will die. If God tarries and rapture does not take place in our lifetime, you will face death. And all of us will die differently. Unless all of my ammo goes up at once and then the whole church, we're all together. <laughs> but you're going to die. All of us. You can't save everyone. But God wants us to see past what's here in this life. There is something waiting for those that call on and trust in what Jesus Christ has done. He is the utmost perfect first responder that has ever, that ever will exist. All you have to do for him is call out to him and he saves you. It really is simple. It's by faith and by trust that we understand what has he done? Does he, does he bring out the, the, we got that little shocker thing over there. They keep wanting to use that on me. And I don't think I want them to do that, all right? The little, you know, clear, you know? And so, I mean, we can, somebody can call out for help and we can use that and try to save them and, and maybe we do, maybe we don't. It's not in our hands. We just do the best that we can. 
It's up to God. And you, you see, God sees past what's in this life, and he wants us to be prepared for what's in the next one, and that's eternity. And there's two choices. You either believe him or you don't. You either trust in what he has done or you don't. You recognize who you are as a sinner, and, and because of that, and because of the just, holy God that he is, there is a price to be paid. Either Jesus pays it for you, or you will pay it yourself. And if you pay it yourself, you have made the most dastardly decision in your life, most destructive decision you will ever make in your life, because there is no way that you in your imperfection, in your sinful state, will ever be able to please God in anything that you do. And because God's holiness, His just, His justice, His righteousness, He will have to do what He doesn't want to do. Cast you out of His presence for eternity in hell that was designed for the devil and his host. It wasn't designed for mankind. But God cannot be in your presence if you don't deal with your sin issue. And guess what? We all sin. If you didn't sin and you were perfect, you wouldn't die. But I hate to tell you, but you're going to die. So be prepared. And so what has he done? Well, he did what you guys as first responders ought to understand. He come running to the situation. And he devised the plan before he ever created us. He said, I see what needs to be done. I need to be the sacrifice that will appease the wrath of God myself. And so I will allow myself to be the son of God, the second person of the Trinity, of who the Godhead. And he goes to that cross to die for the sins of all the mankind. Every sin that we will ever commit, from the first sin that Adam chose to sin and cursed the world, to the last sin when God says that's enough. He's died for all of them. And then he showed us that he was God by raising again that third day from the dead. And he ascended into heaven. And that's why he says, whosoever believeth in me should not perish, but have everlasting life. And how do you believe? Well, you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth what has taken place in your heart. So, Lord, I know that I'm a saint. I know I'm a sinner. <laughs> and I don't deserve anything but hell. But, Lord, I know that you went to that cross and you died on that cross for my sins. You died on that cross for me. And Lord, I'm crying out today for help. And I'm asking you to save me. Save me of my wicked sins that, that have separated me from you. And help me, Father, to see and understand who you are. God himself who died and made that precious atonement that my faith is in what you have done. And he'll save you. And he'll keep you, as he says, he will not lose one. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? We deal with the guilt of seeing many who do not make it. I deal with the guilt as pastor. Maybe I should have just 
been a little bolder in my witness and testimony to them. I just decided I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. You guys need to trust Jesus as your Savior. And if you haven't, today is the day to do so. Because we do care about you. But it's nothing that you can do. You see, you think, i got to do all these. No, you don't. Jesus Christ did it. His sacrifice was perfect. Call on Jesus to be your Savior. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you tell us that you did not come to condemn this world, but you came to save it. And Father, I pray that you work in the hearts of each one who's here this morning. Lord, you know their hearts, and I pray that you are stirring on their hearts right now. Lord, if there is one that has never placed their faith in you as their Savior, and they see and understand now the sacrifice that was made, Father, I pray that you help them. I ask, Lord, as they are listening today, that they open their heart. And even as I'm praying right now, that they're praying, revealing their faith, their repentant heart. And Father, they recognize that they're a sinner and they need you as their Savior. There's no way that they can save themselves, but it's only through what you have done in their faith. Father, they are placing their faith in you, in what you have done. And that they seek salvation. And they ask you to save them. They confess to you that they're a sinner. They confess to you that you are the Savior. And with a believing heart, they confess with their mouth. They pray and ask you to be their Savior, trusting in what you have done. Lord, I pray that they have done so in their heart today. Not the prayer that saves them again, but it's their faith, their trust in who Jesus is. And Lord, they look to you. Save them today. Father, for those of us who know Christ as our Savior, let us live with courage. Let us not be afraid of death. Let us not be afraid of what the world thinks. Let us not be afraid of the critic. Let us just stay in the battle. Walk in a way that is honoring and pleasing to you. And do a works in the hearts of each one of us today. Guide and bless the rest of this service. We ask these things in Jesus' name. You know, just for a moment.